Mission Impossible Fallout 4. No, wait, wait, stop. Mission Impossible Fallout 76. (laughs) All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Mission Impossible Fallout spoiler cast. (laughs) I'm Josiah Leroy. With me today, we've got a full cast. This is wonderful. It's been a long time. Usually, it's just Pavlok and I flying on these. We have an IMF team of our own here. It's that... No truer words were ever spoken. Yeah. And to the token r- woman is here. Yeah. <laughs> to my right, we'll go Cap Americanski himself. It's been a while. Seth Zelensky. I mean, I have not seen this man in my left here since before E3. So, yeah, oh. it has been quite a while. And uh, reunited, Tom Cruise reunited us, as he always does. And <laughs> now we're here to talk about this wonderful, wonderful movie that we just As he saw. has many times in our friendship. He yeah. has just reunited <laughs> us. It's great stuff. Yeah. Happy to be back with Seth here. Me too. In front of me, let's see how how do we how do I want to introduce you? So, recurring cast member. This is your second spoiler cast. Is it? Were you not? Didn't you come in for when they did um, Gilmore Girls along with Jamie Haley and Lauren? No, I, I thought you oh, were coming no, you to were that. You were going to do that. You weren't able to or something, right? I I swore. Well, I didn't do it. So I this was a long why. time ago too. Oh yeah. Okay. This was like we're going a few uh, back a few years. It but she was on a mem- the memory machine. She's been yeah, on the so memory machine. Guest, I was a guest, whatever, on yeah. Memory Machine podcast. A guest so. consultant mm-hmm. for Mary-Kate Mary Ashley. Mary-Kate Ashley, which mm-hmm. was a very um, in-depth look at <laughs> culture in the 90s. So Yeah. So, yes, that's Mrs. Kev Amerikonsky herself. Yeah. Emily Zielinski. Very happy to have her on the show. Baroness happy Zima. Baroness Zima. <laughs> to my left, my ironically right-hand man. Mr. Pavlak himself. <laughs> and I was not there for either Gilmore Girls or Mary-Kate and Ashley podcasts. We cut him from the Mary-Kate podcast last second. Uh, oh. It just wasn't going to work. At least the Pavlak cut. That's what I say. Get it. That's the coming. We get. We'll get there. All right. Anyway. I'll text Nate. So I don't even I don't have a mustache that you can CGI over though. It's, it's, I can't even grow one. <laughs> no one has one like no, you've got. You've got no. some good it's stubble a, going it's, on. It's stubble at best. They could put one on instead. Exactly. That's very, that'd that's be much easier to we, CG That's the best we could one. do. Yeah. I, that's all I could think about anytime Henry was on screen. I was like, I know, right? Justice League. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, well, we'll get into him, but uh, anyway, first impressions overall for the film. Uh, we've got varying degrees of Mission Impossible experience here. Uh, we'll go to our our expert first, Seth. How did how did you yeah. like what you saw tonight? I loved loved Mission Impossible Fallout. Um, it's as always. I, I will need some time for it to sink in, but you know, right off the bat, seeing it, I yeah, I've I've, I've seen uh, all the movies, you know, rewatched them, especially recently, and I think I think most people would say that you know the last couple, Ghost Protocol and Rogue Nation, are the top of the pack. And uh, I don't know which one I like best. Uh, Fallout is certainly more in the vein of Rogue Nation. Uh, uh, you know, Ghost Protocol is a little bit more high adventure, a little more colorful, and then Rogue Nation was a little more intrigue and espionage. And uh, this is uh, Fallout. I feel like is a kind of like a good companion piece to uh, to Rogue Nation. It continues some arcs and some characters. Uh, same director and everything. And uh, I'm not sure how it ranks quite yet, but it's it's right there around the top with uh, with the previous two. It was excellent. Emily, so you've you've had you've at least seen most of these rewatched this week. Yeah, yeah. I mean mm-hmm. you've seen them yeah. all. Yeah, well, she's I've seen, seen them, them all, all and I wa- the- rewatched a couple with Seth this week. Right. Very good. Yeah. Where uh, I guess where what's your impression of the movie? How does it stack up? I know this is fresh in our minds. 
it feels like my favorite just because it was just kept me on the edge of my seat. Um, the action scenes were incredible. Um, like the tension, the suspense was just really solid. And um, I felt like it had a strong emotional center. I think to so it. too. Um, so that really off the bat from the first scene, um, it established like what the moral and emotional center of the movie was. And so that's important to me. And I really appreciate that. I'm with mm-hmm. you on that. Story is always really important to me, whether it's the the characters, the the setting, all the elements that make up the story are important to me. So I was happy to see that kind of come through. Yeah, uh, Jeff Pavlak. I loved it. I thought the final 30 minutes are maybe the best final 30 minutes of any movie in 2018 so far. Ooh. Sorry, Infinity War. I think this topped you. Oh. I thought I thought this was an absolutely wild, wild finale. Um, it, I, I mean, it certainly was. It was just it was just nonstop, just tension action even some emotional resonance in there very much um, so yeah this was also i feel like this one had a little bit of an edge to it as a whole there, there were some grimmer themes grimmer scenes and moments in here yeah. more so than other entries in the series um so i thought it, i thought it meshed very well there was that high action um some colorful vistas some humor but then also some really you know edgy moments that we hadn't seen quite as many of in the other entries good call yeah yeah i would definitely agree with that. rest in peace alec baldwin Yes, Maya said, we <laughs> know this is a spoiler cast. <laughs> this guy, this guy over here thinking Alec Baldwin's coming from Priceline. He's getting, yeah, his, his Shatner's and his Baldwin's messed up. Uh, all Understandable. Over the place. There's, a, there's a lot of Baldwin's to mix up with each yeah, other. Yeah, there are a lot but, of Baldwin's. <laughs> so back to Infinity War slash Marvel Cinematic Universe for a second. You guys just saw Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Saw it late. I don't know why in in, in the world I thought that I saw it like oh. a week later. Right, with yeah. Pop were, Lock. We saw it opening We saw night, it open. We saw it on night. Thursday for crying out loud. Like, if I say anything that like one's grandparent might say, my mind is all over the place. It's been a busy summer, so just <laughs> ignore me. It, I'm crazy. We were there okay. the first night we possibly could I, be. <laughs> yeah, I, I basically said to Emily, I'm like, yeah, we waited too. And she's like, for the first night. <laughs> um, I thought you were about to say that the end of one of the dream sequences, like one of his dreams oh, in this yeah. movie, they turned to dust. Like and the I first like, one, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The opening like, scene, uh, no yeah, less. Yeah. Am I watching like a yes. movie? In the, yeah. I totally, totally, totally almost just went, because I was like, hey, uh, yeah, that's exactly what I thought it was. Um, that, me, Lindy, this, ooh, you're going to have to wait like 30 to 35 minutes. <laughs> um, so, anyway, regarding, because Ant-Man's been on my mind, that post credit scene, man, that had a yeah. bigger impact on me than anything I saw in that <laughs> He's movie. He's still broken up about it. Like, I, True. I mean, yeah, it was one of the best scenes in the movie. Is you know, <sighs> it's, it was a very light movie. There's not a lot of like emotional or dramatic resonance for a, a lot of the stuff. This Ant Man we're talking about, not Mission Impossible. Um, Do you feel like you knew that was coming? I think I've heard like, oh, the endings, the endings crazy. I, I admit, I thought that it would tie into Infinity War and that at the end. Yeah, th- there would be some people who would be affected by the snap. I didn't know Ant-Man would be trapped in the quantum realm like that. Blows and, my uh, mind. And that's... Uh, Claustrophobic a little bit right there. You know, and uh, yeah. uh, that could, you know, a lot of theories about how that could tie into Avengers 4, the quantum realm, and time vortexes and whatnot. Because Ant-Man is going to be in Avengers 4. We know that. It's going to be crazy. It's yeah. absolutely going to be crazy. And like, Pavlik and I spent a lot of time on this, so we won't go past this i know this is mission impossible but i haven't had a chance to talk to you guys about it uh-huh. um 
the second scene, so with the ant drumming, which yeah. is really meant to be funny, yeah. was just as disturbing to me. <laughs> Not because of the ant. Because <laughs> ants can't drum. <laughs> Not because of that. Because of the visuals. So they show the TV with like the color palette of the emergency. Oh, and yeah. The, um, emergency alert, Brock, I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That like I don't know that whole thing bothered me because it just felt empty hallways. It, it just was very civilization. Look at my arms right now. So like it was I, quite the, no, I agree. Yeah, at the very beginning of that scene, <sighs> and then it took a tonal shift. Uh, but yeah, I, mean, I wasn't super, laughing. I was like, this is not funny. I can't do this right now. It was yeah. It was bad. The beginning of that scene was eerie. So Mission Impossible. Anyway, now mm. glad I revisited those feelings. <laughs> um, we'll we'll talk a little bit. I, I guess my impressions. I I enjoyed it very much. This. Um, this wasn't necessarily super high on my list here uh, coming into 2018 in terms of anticipated movies, but uh, I enjoyed this a lot more than I thought I would. And mm. and again, that sounds like a, a dig, I guess. I don't mean it that way at all. I just, it wasn't as much on my radar as other movies. And I mm. left thinking that was a lot of fun mm. and everything you described it as basically the three of you, whether it was um, the, the tone, the cinematics, uh, the visuals for some of the locations that they were at, just beautiful. And uh, that that last thirty minutes or so, you know, I, I don't know if if we're above Infinity War, but it's it's right there neck and neck. If it's yeah. not, uh, so yeah, I I enjoyed it very much, and right. I'm thinking, give me another one. Yes. Yeah, that's. I mean, th- as long as Tom Cruise can God bless hold him, on man. to hold on to life long enough to give us one. Fifty six yeah. years old. Fifty six years as old. As in, like he's gonna kill himself doing one of these movies because he's getting old. He's fifty six, like he's you said. Fifty six right now. Yeah. So I can't imagine he has that many more in him. I I, I feel like maybe there will be the next like m- maybe the next one or like the next one after that. He'll it'll he'll like say up front like this is it this is my last mission impossible movie and it'll be like a big it'll be like his swan song for it i could see that happening i have to imagine that would be a thing i like if if he gets into it that would be like all right we're going to celebrate this yeah for sure you know, one more time and and he's yeah i'm sure there's yeah only so much time he wants to keep on putting himself through that much rigor and that much training and for rogue nation the last movie he had to train himself to hold his breath for six minutes it's like it's i'm sure it's hard on a 56 year old body well they said he um he injured his leg during filming of this they had to halt production for eight weeks no they initially wanted it to be eight weeks he came back two weeks earlier than anticipated and mm-hmm. continued even though he wasn't fully healed from whatever mm. damage he his foot. oh the, yeah okay, thank you the grand yeah. the grand norton was, clip yeah. yeah um so they yeah in an interview um showed the clip of him breaking his foot it's the scene when he's running across the roof and he means to to miss the next um the next roof that he mm. falls into but his foot like kind of like <laughs> hits yeah. the side of the 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 building like Oof. And, then, yeah. and then you'll notice he, he gets up he climbs up and he starts limping and running away That's i did all notice the movie, that now that you say that okay. that his foot is broken that was the take from when he, he broke his away. foot yeah he kept he finished the take that's authentic right there, yeah, folks. Like, <laughs> and like that's what's so fun about these movies that you watch some of these action sequences and you th- you're thinking to yourself, well, okay, I just have to suspend disbelief here because that's either CGI screen or you know a, a human being couldn't possibly do that. Um, the big one is from Rogue Nation where he's underwater. You're thinking, yeah. okay, well, this is just this is multiple cuts slammed into mm-hmm. one. And then you, in the back of your mind, you remember, wait a minute, 
This is Tom Cruise, and this mm -hmm. is Tom Cruise going all out. Just the level of dedication he has mm. to the action sequences in these movies is astounding. And that makes you realize that a lot of the stuff that's going on screen, that's legitimate. That is as genuine as it gets. Yeah. This guy is putting his body through hell to make these. And and not only that, but you also combine that with the director, Chris from McQuarrie, who choreographs and shoots action, unlike anything I've ever seen, especially in this movie, um, like the way the camera was following, you know, his motorcycle through the streets of Paris and, you know, had so many close calls and just how close it was. There, there kept being these like long shots that would pull in really from far away to really close to crumb Tom Cruise when he was in a vehicle or something. And it was just, it was shot in a really special way that really you combine that with the dedication of, of Tom Cruise and these stunts and you get one of the best action movies I've seen in years and years. It's like this Mad Max Fury Road and, you know, doing just so much practically and through stunt work and everything is, you know, a dying art. So yeah. he's nuts. It is. Yeah. He's nuts. He's, he's, he's just nuts. The guy's, that's, that's all there is to it. He looks wall. wonderful. He's off the wall. This man. <laughs> yeah. I feel like recently, I think when like Seth was showing me the last movie, I was like, yeah, I mean, it's a cool action movie. It's great. And him like telling me like what goes behind like behind the scenes like what Tom Cruise does to like train for the movies just really I don't know got me excited for the movie and really enhanced the experience for me yeah. absolutely so. I think that's a big draw for for his movies yeah and just it always just you can't help but as an audience get more wrapped up in seeing someone who is actually there in some form of possible danger filming something compared to even a very well choreographed CGI sequence, there's always going to be that edge to a, a great practical sequence. So, I mean, Emily told me beforehand about the, the broken foot scene or mm. that he broke his foot specifically. Right. And then I'm looking for it, the whole movie kind of thing. Yeah. Know? Like it's <laughs> not, you know, it's in the back of my head. Yeah. Right. Um, it could have been like a bunch of the scenes. Oh yeah. But <laughs> I, I kind of thought if I hadn't seen it already. Yeah. He took a beating in this movie. Yeah, yeah. When he fell from the helicopter onto like the luggage below, uh, or the payload below. Yeah, I yeah. thought that might have been it because I was like, "Oh, that didn't look good." Yeah. <laughs> the way like he landed, and I'm like, "That that was probably it." <laughs> but then I was like, "Oh, he did limp in other scenes." Did we so, need? And, we didn't <clears throat> say that this is a spoil spoiler. But is, a spoiler it, is that cast. assumed? Is that safe? Yeah, it's a yeah I cast. I should have said, but I didn't. I I forgot. So I, has I Tom Cruise usurped Viggo Mortensen for the best toe or foot breaking? No, <laughs> I love the Vigo one. That one is pretty good. Yes. What's the Vigo so, one? Aragorn from uh, in Two Towers after they think that Perry and uh, uh, Peregrine and Mary have been killed by the Urukai, he kicks the one helmet and screams. Oh. The scream right, was legitimate. Oh. He broke his toe. Oh, I, think he, I think he broke two toes yes. actually kicking it. Okay. And that's the the whole I love joke has been ever since then when he falls okay. and screams. It's not in despair. It's because he oh, broke his okay. toes. He got all of that helmet. <laughs> he did. That was good. That would have been a three-pointer from uh, the 50-yard line. <laughs> Could have used him in the early 90s, folks. Oh. Here in Buffalo. Oh. oh. Our Buffalo fans would not enjoy that one. Wait, what? R.I.P. What? Shut up, Pavlik. Anyway, uh, so speaking <laughs> he, he, of... Scott Orr well alive, my friend. <laughs> speaking of ageless wonders, what did I tell you at the beginning of the show? What? I say something that doesn't make sense. Oh, Ignore okay. it and move on. Oh, oh, fine. You're not fine. doing your job. Can I just say that Pavlok's hair looks like Mission Impossible 2 era? Yeah. Hair? Oh, my gosh. Totally. And so goes true. protocol. 
Well, yeah, I'm, je- I'm jealous. You spoiled this, but my hair gets too frizzy. Was going to be long. his um, cosplay for Nickel City next year. Oh, so. cut this part out. It's all right. It's all good. <laughs> we'll conserve it. I'm gonna come dangling from the ceiling. <laughs> you need to be Mission Impossible Two Cruise. <laughs> you need to be in slow motion the entire show because that's the entire movie was in slow motion. Oh you have to like climb and then start climbing backwards and then be like this in the sunset. Oh, wait, yes. This is- audio you can't see no. <laughs> no but the visual you're describing impeccable Good enough. absolutely paints a picture <laughs> see pop like like on a, on a rope coming down and then it gets caught halfway to that give me that oh that's how it would go so <laughs> yeah make that happen we'll, I'll work we'll call on. dave and Adam. i'll work on it dave adam let's make this happen uh speaking of ageless wonders we'll, we're gonna jump here angela bassett um, right <laughs> she's 59 she looks wonderful. Sure don't look it. Yeah. No, not at all. Um, you may recognize her also earlier this year from uh, Black Panther. Um, I've still uh, got her groove back. In the 90s. That, that's very true. Uh, yeah. She's uh, she's a great actress as well. Her mm-hmm. role was a little bit smaller in this one, but that played an important part yeah. as well. I mean, I guess it kind of reminds me of Alec Baldwin's role in the previous movie where he kind of had, you know, he yeah. was a bit of like, the, he was like the, the, the higher up that was like, not totally on the IMF side, but by the end, it kind of is. Uh, yeah, so Ageless Wonders. Full, cast, is, cast is full of them. Gotta love it. Are we going through the cast that we're doing? We oh, doing? yes. All right. Uh, th- all right, we're going to have to put away some time for this one. Well, we're going to go to Henry <laughs> Cavill next. Uh, oh. So <laughs> I, I I think I that Seth would be with me on this one. I can't believe we don't have a Man of Steel sequel. I, I absolutely agree. Yeah. With yeah. That's a crime. He's He is... Quite possibly, and you know, I mean, there's not a lot to choose from, I know, but he might be my favorite part of the whole DC extended universe or whatever DC decided we're calling this now. Yeah, um, he um, is a perfect Superman to me. He's wonderful. Um, I love his style. He's just plain cool. Oh, hey, I Lindy. think he's been a Lindy great. Lindy su- Henry Cavill. Yeah, I think he's been yeah. a great Superman. Especially he's a, he's a wonderful the- Superman. Um, I mean, uh. If, uh yeah, Man of Steel, I definitely mm-hmm. am a fan of. Uh, but uh, I know this. He was fine in BVS. He was. Yeah. Um, Justice League was like, I can't count that. Like, everything he was done was made through reshoots, and he was CGI the whole time. And uh, yep. Henry Cavill, you know, on camera and off, yeah, he definitely has a he has a great, great character, great charisma. And uh, we we need to see Man from Uncle. I've heard I've heard he's yeah, fantastic he was in that. very good in that. So uh, to see him in this, and again, spoiler cast to play the villain of the movie, which I wasn't sure he would end up being, uh, was really great because he's such like a hulking, like intimidating brute that he becomes like by the end of it when he's like the oils like burned his face he's like a monster coming after tom cruise it was really (laughs) i like how the movie started off kind of portraying him as a total meathead yeah and then you eventually realize that he's a lot more cunning than he first let on he's not this dumb brute see i never felt that way i never felt like he was so much a brute or dumb brute like that. Well, just the, uh, the, the, when when Angela Bassett's character describes him as a hammer right. compared to Hunt's I got you. And where he was just completely oblivious to the fact that he got knocked out during the halo jump. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> would have died otherwise uh-huh. if not for Ethan Hunt's help. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I feel like he's he is smarter than we initially think, but at the same time, he they do outsmart him, and um, there's a couple times I feel like he's just not as smart. No one is as smart as Ethan. Yeah. I don't um, think we were having this discussion as, that yeah. James Bond probably isn't as smart as Ethan Hunt. 
Yeah. Even though James Bond is stronger in some areas. Yeah. Ethan Hunt is, I would Ethan say, Hunt's an insane action hero. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, but also, like, he just, right. like, his planning and he, mm-hmm. what he knows. And, you know, when at the end of Rogue Nation, when he memorizes that whole thing, like, he's uh, kind of yeah. like a genius. So, yeah. Well, did he? Did he actually memorize the whole thing? Oh, could have been a bluff? Could have just been the one. Oh, well, we never know. We never know. Interesting, interesting. I always but, assumed he did. Uh, kind of tying to that scene and going into this, I feel like uh, Henry Cavill's character, John Lark and Solomon um, Lane, were a perfect foil. You had mm. literally brains and brawn. Oh, so yeah, I like yeah, their cool. I like their combination as like the tag team of the villains in this. Yeah, yeah. Solomon Lane is just a creep. I've yeah. loved him in both of these movies. Now. Yeah, totally. Um uh, Emily is annoyed by his voice, but <laughs> me too. You know what? The trailer really annoyed me, but he I didn't he feel sounded that way much better in the movie. Oh I yeah, totally yeah. agree. Because every time I saw that trailer, so much right, like that yeah. played yeah. in front of just I can't think of a movie I saw this year that that trailer didn't play. And when he gives that monologue to start, I just was like, uh, this movie's going to be, uh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, oh, I'm glad you feel that way. Yeah. And then we got to the movie and it maybe more so in context or maybe it was played down a little bit. It, it wasn't as bad. Yeah. Maybe they like recorded it again for the trailer or something. It just, it didn't sound the same. It sounded like alternate takes. It, it didn't sound it's like, po- yeah. yeah, yeah. I, think so. like, I thought it sounded similar. Really drawn out too for the trailer. But. Yeah. One or two of uh, Henry's takes were not what we saw in the trailer as well just yeah. smaller right. ones and yeah those what if what if henry cavill was playing a villain in this to gear up for red sun oh man mm. that, that is a completely wild fan theory that, it's that not is, true it's i'm just throwing that out I, there i can't imagine them the hell like, of making it. a big budget version of red sun I know, even though I it would know. be incredible I'm, to I'm see just, i'm just messing yeah but uh but yeah henry uh what when Henry gets <laughs> hit the uh, with the mustache that sank Justice League, and it was all yeah. worth it in my opinion. <laughs> I mean, it was a great mustache that I would I would give him that. When <laughs> when the oil hit him at the end, my my dad goes, "Now he's a handsome devil." It was just the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> I was sitting there laughing. I don't know. It was, I was yeah. thinking that's like a that's like a solid Two Face origin. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I, yeah, I did think that he could be a good Harvey. When Dunn, he Henry gets Cavill. yeah, oh, his yeah. face gets all messed up. I was like, oh. It, Maybe he'll be in the next movie because usually he's like that's a scarred. What yeah, get he'll come back. And then they come like back Kylo Ren. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. He just got hit with probably the best kill shot I've seen in a movie oh, in a long time. Oh yeah, I man, think that's that, one of the nothing best would deaths. ever surprise me though in anything ever with people coming back. Yes, he should be dead. Uh, oh, I don't know, dude. I don't think there's I, any I don't coming think back from that one. Yeah, Mission Impossible is like <laughs> it's you know elevated reality, but it's not quite that. The fall that, alone would have gotten him, but. I agree with you. On top of I totally agree with all of you. <laughs> got, okay, saying. let's say he got half his face burned off. He got a hook to the forehead. He fell probably about a hundred feet, and then there was also a large fiery explosion all he of a couple of yards from into, that probably yeah. immolated the rest of his body. He's dead. <laughs> yeah. uh, what else you got? That's pathetic, ridiculous. <laughs> so yeah, Sean Harris says uh, Solomon Lane. Yeah, uh, he's a creep. I love him. I, I, <laughs> he's, he's a, a creepy. Creep. Like you said, he's he's like the Blofeld of the Mission Impossible universe. Yes, because yeah, Rogue Nation Inspector. Came out the same year, have kind of the same plots. Um, this was an instance that Mission Impossible one-upped Bond, because I, I would say Rogue Nation was definitely a better movie than Spectre. But, uh, yeah, he's the Blofeld, and... Um, he's still alive, too. We, have, we haven't we have seen him kick the bucket yet. Who, Blofeld? No. Uh, well, yeah, that too, but oh, I'm talking Solomon about Lane. Lane. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Surprisingly enough, um, even after how intense and down and dirty it got with him between uh, Benji and, uh, and Ilsa... <coughs> 
Yeah, I also liked how, like, understated he was. It was, like, I was fearing some, like, like overly dramatic performances from him, just from the trailer. But um, he was kind of, like, this creeping presence. Like, at the end, he's just standing there waiting for oh, it all yeah. to happen. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of liked it. I liked that, too. I liked that, that he wasn't, like, I don't know making these like grand speeches or anything right just the cliche yeah. over the top villain or when yeah. he saw rebecca coming like he didn't run and like panic he just kind of was like he maybe knew really? she was coming yeah, but he looks at her and he just the whole time he because he didn't want to be there anymore like he was gonna allow himself to die in that explosion it's kind of was like seriously like these people are doing this again it's like <laughs> that was kind of the impression i got from him mm. i i liked his role and mm. i didn't think i would in seeing the trailer yeah. I felt like maybe he he had something personal with Ethan and he wanted their like fates to kind of be tied together at the end like he oh, wanted yeah. them it both was, to die. Yeah, by the I don't end. think yeah, it seemed like he didn't really want to survive at that point. Um he just wanted to take Ethan down with him. And but have it be like yeah, both of them together. Yeah. He even said it. He was done running. I like, think he yeah, he probably was tired of that too. Yeah, I could imagine him actually just being tired of constantly having to yeah. And being tortured like a lot. By every country on earth, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it to you. <laughs> 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 um so uh Rebecca Fer- Ferguson as Ilsa. Um another yeah. great piece She's to the puzzle. Wonderful. Yeah. Um Ilsa Faust, wonderful name. All right off the bat I don't want to say that. But yeah, she she got introduced in Rogue Nation. She was sort of like Catwoman to Ethan Hunt's Batman. She's she has these shifting loyalties, and it's like this like is there a romance here or is there not? Uh, but yeah, it actually did go in that direction surprisingly because uh, you know Michelle Monaghan is is back as uh, Ethan's wife Julia, and I I wasn't clear on the status of their relationship. I thought they were still they were like. They couldn't be together, but they were still kind of together. It was just from a distance kind of thing. But uh, this movie indicated that, oh, she has actually, you know, moved on. And it's this lingering thing for Ethan. And it opens up the door to uh, for a romance between Ethan and Ilsa, though. So and she's a yeah, she's an incredible character. A lot, a lot of intrigue, a lot of depth there ever since Rogue Nation. So I, obviously you mentioned Michelle uh, Monaghan as Julia. That, that was um, emotional for me. I thought that was tough. Seeing yeah. that they both kind of you saw it in their eyes they wanted to be together knew that they couldn't and even though they knew that they couldn't be together her being with her new husband with Wes Bentley's character was a little mm. bit like oh man that's the final nail in the coffin like this is it yeah. this is there's a finality to this that, that was tough I kind of had it was tough for me too but I kind of had like a different view so when they first see each other I think there's some of that like longing to be together and then i thought it was really it really wrapped up the the biggest theme of the movie for me was um <laughs> we, we have a dog joining us right Lindy now just, folks for he's, those he's like a ghost can't, <laughs> who can't see what's going on right now Still doing some context is probably important for we the listeners a <laughs> ghost there's there's a dog that was great <laughs> oh okay Yes. Yeah, the biggest theme was, like, um, Ethan's feeling that he's a failure. And, you know, like, the first, when they first, um, they kind of mess up the first mission of the movie. Um, and he feels like he failed, you know, the world. And he feels like he failed his wife. Um, and then, you know, he finds out that actually she's happy. And he actually um, initiated, like, 
an important change in her life and you know and he can I feel like even more than wanting to be with her he wanted her to have a good life and be happy I agree and he was like really worried about um what he you know the bad consequences of his presence in her life like he he Mm. got closure from that I was just gonna say there was a nice closure to their I guess split if you will uh towards the end I think that was a nice um almost like turn into the next chapter there and that yeah that brought some like extra kind of emotion and character to the movie that yeah some of some of the mission impossible movies don't have quite as much so kind of bringing some more of that emotional context was really really good i gotta say i love how quickly these movies get off like they don't waste any time to jump right into their plot right into their you know the the missions at hand Mm -hmm. i really do like the pace of these and they wrap up quickly too they don't dawdle once the climax is over they kind of wrap things up relatively briefly. they they don't there's no wasted you know minutes i feel like in these movies yeah 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 i would agree no no, yeah not at all that that was jam-packed from beginning to end there was mm. really even the the slower moments were all important and there was no really no, no filler time at right. all to me I yeah thought. yeah um the pacing was good though like um one scene that i don't know why it sticks out to me is when he and ilsa are kind of walking like parallel through the yeah. trees mm. and that was kind of like a rest in the movie but uh at the same time, there was tension during that scene. Yeah, um, yeah. Like, emotional tension, I felt like. Um, but, yeah, there were a couple really interesting-looking shots um, that I that yeah. stick out to me. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so much about, about the yeah those moments and the action sequences, the way they're shot, the direction of Christopher McQuarrie, I think, is uh, something special. I was mm. particularly fond of the motorcycle chase through Paris. Yeah. For one, how long it was, and two, how very little dialogue there was to that. It kind of evoked um, Predator to me. Yeah. The last 20 minutes of that where Arnold and the Predator, there's oh, there's almost no dialogue whatsoever, and it's just all action, mm. all you know, physical statements, basically. You said for the for the, the, the original motorcycle pre- chase, yeah. Oh, because okay. very yeah. And there was there was no it's music a very, during yeah, a lot of it's that. It's a too. very very long sequence, but there's almost no dialogue whatsoever. Like That's said, true. That just gives me a predator vibe to it. Where You're right. Yeah, there, I I do remember that now. Uh, from it's yeah, it's all you know, s- telling the story and through action and you know visual. You know, f- one of the reasons that I like a lot of. Uh, Zack Snyder's work is that he is a very much a visual uh, filmmaker. He focuses on how things look and how things progress in a visual way. And, and Chris McQuarrie did that here. And film is is a visual medium. So how the images tell a story is a very important thing. And if if it can do that through even like the almost complete absence of audio, then I think that's a that's a wonderful thing because that's what's unique about film. We're on the same page then. Good. Yes. 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 I love Simon Pegg. Yeah, me too. Who doesn't? Yeah. He's such a great addition to these movies. Yeah, his character is one of my favorite parts. Seeing how he's progressed from uh, Mission Impossible 3 as well, because he was just like, he was the guy, you know, like um, like Ned Leeds in Spider-Man Homecoming. He was the guy at the, de- you know, the guy at the computer. He's just <laughs> yeah. the guy feeding the intel, and he was just, you know, it was just a, th- a thing like that. But as the movie's gone on, he's he's become a field agent he's gotten like stronger and stronger and more capable but still kind of retain that personality yeah, yeah. i can't remember which movie it was but um he kind of at one point serves as like the he's like kind of messing things up a little bit and he's like 
impressed by Ethan and um, Ghost Protocol, maybe. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, with when they're in the Kremlin. Yeah, and his face is up on the yeah. on the projector wall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you just see this big old mug. Of his. Yeah. So there's nobody really in this movie who serves that purpose. No, right. not everyone. Being impressed yeah. with Ethan. Everyone's yeah. capable. Well, that, at that this was a point. thing that you pointed out about Ghost Protocol is is it's like seeing Ethan Hunt through other people's eyes, especially you know with Jeremy Renner's character. It was that was that was kind of a cool thing about that movie in particular. Yeah, yeah because a, the second movie, they're like, Ethan Hunt is really cool, but we're not going to tell you why. We're just oh, the Mission Impossible Two. You're saying yeah. Do you oh, know okay. what I mean? Like showing something versus telling yeah. it. Yeah, oh, totally. Yeah. We get, uh, yeah, mm. that second movie. Big just, difference. Yeah. I did miss yeah. Brant being in this, Jeremy Renner's character. Yeah, and yeah. The um, way I understand it, the reason why he wasn't in this is just bad timing. Like, there wasn't, mm. there wasn't like, a concrete reason. It was just they couldn't get their schedules together yeah. for this. It's not like he had necessarily, you know, issues with the direction. It wasn't like the production company didn't mm. want him in the story. Yeah. It was just bad timing, unfortunately. Yeah, well, no, this would have been... Because that's already done. Yeah, I, I, I like I said though. The, the I don't know if shooting. The, I don't know. That might have lined up. It's. I think that would have lined no, up. No, McQuarrie. I'm pretty sure he was the director. Was even saying that it was just it was just bad timing. But what was the bad timing? Do we I know? Mean, maybe. Well, I mean, it's probably other movies is doing as well. I, I mean, I buy that. I mean, I didn't really feel like. Uh, he was. I was missing him in particular. It was jam packed. I think. Yeah, as it was. So I, I, I think uh, the lineup they had. I mean, that team. Was, right. It was like the. It, it was probably the best uh, team of, you know, you had Ethan and, you know, for, for a while you had Walker, Henry Cavill's character, and, and you had Simon Pegg, and you had Luther Stickle and uh, and Ilsa Faust. I mean, that's like the, that, the the lineup. that's I don't think it gets much more solid than those crew. I, I did like having Luther back as much as I we did. I was going to say, yeah. like, since, number, since, since the very couple, first one. Right. Yeah, like, I feel like his character being there, there were a couple scenes where him knowing Ethan from so early on was kind of important. Like he talks to Ilsa about like the past Definitely. and um, has that moment with Ethan's wife. Um, so yeah. some important emotional moments, just fo- more focused on Ethan, but through Luther. Yeah. 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 There's a little bit of the rock there for him, you know? He is. Yeah. Even from the very first movie, he Dwayne was like the Johnson? one, the one press. <laughs> Damn. It, I'm sorry. Line. That was, that was terrible. Oh, swing it a bit. <laughs> He was, he was the, <laughs> one, the one person joke. that uh, that Ethan Hunt trusted in, in the original Mission Impossible 1. So he, they've always kind of had a bit of that relationship. They're able to rely on each other. So. Yeah. yeah. Uh, wonderful cast overall. We briefly touched on Alec Baldwin. Did we want to add to that at all? Oh, uh, I mean, he's good. He looks thinner in this movie than he did in Rogue Nation. I thought I so, too. I think he yeah. slimmed down a bit, that man. Definitely thinner than the Priceline commercials. Yeah, right. For sure. For it, sure. He's thinner, thinner than William Shatner has ever been. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. That's also very yeah. Pete Hur, if you got a problem with that, tweet at me. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh my gosh. He'll he'll agree with you. He'll Yeah. <laughs> he's not a Shatner fan. That's that's really oh, funny. Okay. Unfortunately, cuz you know, it's fun to get him riled up. Yes. This is a rare day I've not talked to Pete. This is like the first day and probably like, man, I don't know. Oh, you're on a vacation. It, seems. it is. Oh, yeah. It has been an oddly peaceful day. A hurcation. Oh, yeah. that doesn't sound good. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. we're, uh, we're going to get into uh, just a few more uh, aspects of the spoiler cast here. One thing we want to mention 
Uh, real briefly here, we are a proud sponsor of our partners over at Fantastic and 26 Shirts. If you go to Fantastic or uh, 26shirts.com, it's 26shirts.com, check out Fantastic. What they do, uh, they bring a new uh, geek-themed T-shirt to their store every week. Uh, so if you like Star Wars, Jurassic World, this one is, uh, we've got Winnie the Pooh. Uh, we've got variations of just about anything that you could like. Anyway, uh, they do a new shirt every week and proceeds go to help out either a specific family in need or uh, a different charity. Uh, that is always listed on the website when you go to make your purchase. So uh, the best part also, uh, if that wasn't enough for you, is if you use our code GEEK10, that's G-E-E-K-T-E-N, get 10% off the order and that does not cut into what the family or charity gets. So check those out. It's fantastic, F-A-N-T-E-E-S-T-I-C over at 26shirts.com. Run by the wonderful, wonderful Del Reed. He's a, just a great human being. He's given a lot of money. They have raised over $500,000 for families and charities wow. in the last four years of their existence. So it's wonderful. We're proud to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, check those mm-hmm. guys out. Uh, we're always posting uh, on our social media when those new shirts appear. So uh, we wanted to get into just a little bit of the the wider universe here with the franchise, how this kind of mm. connected, where it sat for you guys. Uh, Seth, maybe we'll start with you here. Yeah. How do, how do you think it fit into the greater universe of Mission Impossible? Um, well, I guess we've touched on a couple things already, how it kind of... Um kind of leans on some of the the past that Ethan and uh, Luther have. And uh, just overall, the Mission Impossible franchise has really progressed very impressively. I, I think very uniquely in the sense that, you know, it started off strong, then it really fell off with the second entry, and then it's progressively gotten better and better. It's, I mean, it, it's to the point now where the, these last few mo- movies, in, including Fallout, are like world-class uh, at just uniquely excellent action cinema. So uh, Fallout, uh, yeah, it feels like um, kind of like a, a bookend to uh, Rogue Nation to me. It's you know it's the fir- first Mission Impossible movie that has the same director as a previous one without switching. Uh, carries over a lot of the same characters, same plot threads. So it it feels to, it, to, it has a kind of similar tone in a lot of ways. So I feel like. Uh, yeah, Rogue Nation kind of leads right into Fallout, and those two kind of fit together in that way. So uh, overall, in terms of like, uh, are you saying like ranking them or anything like that? Yeah, I know you said it would be high. It would be yeah, it's, it's I, early I, to say. It, it would be because I still don't know whether I like Ghost Protocol or Rogue Nation better. And then Fallout, it would ju- it just adds it to that top yeah. three. I'm, I, I I it's quite the I mean I. I'm I would this, be tempted. To, I'd be tempted to at least maybe say that Fallout was maybe be a ro- above Rogue Nation, then it's between Ghost Protocol and Rogue and Fallout. But I don't know. I got to give it some more thought. I'm in the same quandary as you. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know how I could choose yeah. between. It's these Thursday three. night opening night, so, right. so we, yeah, we saw it right off the bat. So yeah. need a little time, a little time. Get off our backs, please. What about you, honey? <laughs> <laughs> Get off our backs, honey. <laughs> It's hard to say. Um, mm-hmm. Like you said, like this was a really solid action movie. Um, there was elements of like uh, sp- it being a spy movie, but I wouldn't say that yeah, it w- yeah. was like heavily that. Um, yeah. So I guess it depends on if you you know prefer action. Yeah, because Ghost Protocol was more of like globetrotting, high adventure, and more colorful and everything. And yeah, the, the first movie had a lot of that espionage, spy versus spy kind of a stuff. And I feel like Rogue Nation brought a lot of that flavor back. And uh, it was retained a bit 
uh, with with Fallout, but it, it Fallout also brought in kind of some of like the character drama of like the third movie because the third movie was heavy on that because that's when Ethan Hunt got married to Julia. Um, I, I feel like it even kind of it reminded me of some of those those themes in Mission Impossible Two. It's like if those those ideas in two had been implemented in a way that made sense for a Mission Impossible movie. It's it's kind of like me, like in the Mission Impossible two had those grand themes of like of like doom and myth and all this stuff. And uh, uh, you know th- this movie kind of touched on you know of uh, uh, John Lark you know being somebody who kind of wants to. Uh, bring about this change in humanity and uh, you know through, it has this manifesto he wants there's like a new world order he wants and it, it's kind of like applied some of those ideas and poorly executed ideas in two uh, applied them in a really good way in a more subtle way in this movie so I feel like it's combining a lot of great elements from previous movies uh, it toned but, down on the gadgetry a bit. It, it felt a little more grounded in like the technology they were using. Like Ghost Protocol felt like a throwback to like some of those oh, late yeah. 60s, early 70s Bond movies. Yeah, spycraft type I mean, stuff. Where it was, and they, there was the running yeah. theme of that movie was like, and everything was always malfunctioning and going yeah, wrong. It, it, but just yeah. outrageous gadgets that were straight out of Q's lab yeah, know, all yeah. the time. Whereas this felt like a little bit more realistic in yeah. terms of what they were using. Yeah, this and Rogue Nation are more kind of. They're a little darker and more grounded, and uh, yeah, it, it definitely yeah. Brad Bird directing Ghost Protocol, so yeah, you know, he directed Incredibles and uh, Iron Giant and Tomorrowland and everything. So it definitely felt like yeah, a little bit more of a throwback in that sense. I was curious what you were talking about, like it being like gritty and stuff. Uh-huh. Was that would what? you say? Because I felt like the the scenes where Ethan's kind of having to make decisions about like who lives or dies, yeah, um, like that was and the fact that we get a named character who does die on screen in mm-hmm. uh, Hunley. Mm-hmm. Um, that um, I think the I mean the bathroom scene, even though we don't see the actual mess or we don't see the the viscera, we see the mess on the floor afterwards. Uh-huh. Um, that. Um, just the fact that a lot of the action sequences didn't have music to them they were just very um kind of like gut like just base just you know just more based on the um the sound effects and the um not not the not there wasn't like a lot of rousing music to it mm. it's more so the impact of the the, the blows of the hits mm. um like i said the sound effects in there um a lot of the scenes just kind of had like a maybe grainy or just darker veil over them i would say yeah yeah a little bit more of a muted color palette there than, you go Thank uh, you. ghost protocol i yeah. would say yeah for me what kind of kept it light was like ethan as a character i always feel like he's trying to be like a good person and like i don't know i just yeah you Wh- felt that's like, a bit of a he's always trying light yeah, well, he's just such a good character, um, and he brings so much hope to it. Mm. I always, you know, you always can have faith that he's trying to make the best decision um, mm. that he can in, in every situation. Hmm. So, yeah. I don't know. Interesting way to look at it. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, box office-wise, uh, tracking very well. Uh, so, box office mojo and Paramount Fandango. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Fallout is outpacing Jason Bourne when looking uh, for the two weeks leading up to the release. So if we take that, basically they'll include tonight in that because it's preview night. Mm -hmm. Um, It's 
pacing ahead of, let's see, Fox's 2013 release of The Wolverine with a $53.1 million opening, Star Trek Beyond, which had a $59.25 million opening, and Mission Impossible Rogue Nation, which was $55.5 million. So this, yeah. is, uh, this one would be with... Um, just a little bit ahead of fifty nine point two million. So okay, that's a good summer opening. Yeah, and Tom Cruise has major pull worldwide. Very he, much his so. His movies mm. do extremely well internationally, even yeah. if even when they do kind of falter a bit um, domestically, mm. they tend to pick up uh, internationally. So if this does well in North America, it's going to do extremely well internationally. I'll say. Mm. Uh, Sixty five million plus is the projection, not fifty nine. Fifty nine was for uh, the last Bourne movie. Gotcha. So I stand corrected on that. But sixty five million is impressive. Very, um, yeah. Yeah, Ant-Man's still yeah, raking the, in. These types of movies don't open quite as big as Avengers or some of the bigger superhero flicks. So and yeah, Star Wars or a- absolutely. So it, to to see a, a box office like this live and healthy is is awesome. Yeah, uh, and it's on the the incline there. So Ant-Man and the Wasp, but also just want to note, still bringing in nine million dollars this weekend, which pushes its total over uh, what Captain America, the first Avenger, the original Ant-Man, and Thor. Uh, pulled in so it's climbing up um, the rankings slowly there for mm-hmm. the mcu nothing yeah. too too explosive but hey we'll take it cool um the score i know you guys briefly very very briefly mentioned that i wanted to say the with the music i thought it was diverse and really uh complimentary at times it wasn't yeah. in your face but yeah like a, a lot of percussion, a lot of bongos. Yeah, the yeah. drums in the background sounded um, amazing. It was wonderful. It kept the tempo moving, kept everything going, just enough to keep you on edge, but nothing too in your face like strings might have done. Yes. Um, you know? One uh, uh, scene I really recall, the score was uh, the the halo jump. That whole scene, me and Pavlok were talking, it reminded us of the 2014 Godzilla movie. And... Uh, Besides just the visuals and the dry, a lot of that kind of operatic kind of sparse score going on, um, yeah, I feel like that, like you said, complimentary compliment was going on very yeah. well. It uh, it didn't feel like filler score. It it felt really it it felt outstanding. Yeah, it was it was just another strong link in the chain for this movie. I loved it. I, yeah. The music is only something that I'm paying attention to for movies like this, and to yeah. have that kind of classic theme mixed in with the more modern yeah. approach to it, mm. and like we said with the drums, of course, I'm biased, but hey, you know, <laughs> uh, I love that. Yeah. I also noticed um, after we find out, you know, who Henry Cavill's character really is, um, he starts getting like a more menacing. Um, um, Part of the score, like yeah, oh I yeah. Noticed, yeah, like yeah. His, it builds yeah, up. I didn't yeah, his that. character is it's becomes very like um, loud and I don't know. Mm-hmm. It sounds like he looks, which is yeah. really <laughs> scary. Yeah, it's impressive <laughs> that they can match that. Yeah, you yeah. know that someone who whoever is I forget who's composed this. Um, I just had it up, but like that they can match what is going on on screen because mm-hmm. essentially they're watching this and going okay what kind of music can we write that can match that and that's always impressive to me Lauren mm-hmm. Balf gotcha especially before we you know if they had used that with his character from the beginning we probably would have known like right those mm-hmm. cues right is. yeah mm-hmm. exactly um, he did vi- he did the scores for Assassin's Creed Revelations um, Call of Duty Oh. So maybe that's what you recognize his huh. work from. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Good stuff. Some good games. Some big name games there. Couple. Jeez. Yeah. Nothing to sneeze at. <laughs> um, I, I know we also a little bit touched on some of our kind of our favorite scenes and visuals. Did you guys want to go around and kind of mention just what you thought was maybe 
Um, oh my gosh! Th- there's a lot. <laughs> you know that we mentioned the chase sequence was was well done. The motorcycle chase. I thought the, the helicopter jump. sequence at the end was maybe a little bit uh, more intense than I anticipated it would be. Yeah. Because even though you kind of just know that everything's gonna work out, they they got me for a split second when he when Tom Cruise's character opened his eyes. And it looked like a bomb was going off, but it yeah, was really just the sun. That was really well done. I that love was the very way that well was done. They yeah. had me. They had me for a second. I'm like, no, because <laughs> someone behind me to the left gasped, and they had me going. So I that, was a that, sucker. I believe that crowd. That, it wasn't packed in there, but that crowd was into it. When there was, <laughs> like, there was a, holy shit! You know, like, <laughs> yeah. I could hear people. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a well engaged crowd. We'll yeah. say. Yeah. Um, man. Yeah, favorite the, scenes, yeah. favorite visuals. So, so yeah, yeah, motorcycle chase through Paris. There was a halo jump. There was uh, the helicopter uh, scene in the end. Uh, what are the, there was the yeah, him, with him hanging onto the helicopter, and then like the him trying to chase him in the helicopter. Uh, and what other sequences were there? I mean, uh, when Ethan's trying to um, let's see what he's like outsmarting them in the beginning when. Um, he ends um, up cutting through the thing. Sorry, I'm not very no, 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 good no, no. at like describing. He he like cuts through and drops into into the boat. Oh, you know that whole scene leading yes. up to that. Yeah, the the whole the, the, yeah that, that's the tail end of the uh, the motorcycle chase. Um, I was very fond of the like nightclub in uh, yeah. Paris. Oh, just oh, the, and especially the, that the hallway fight scene. Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. yeah, particularly yeah, yeah. that, that hallway great. just with like all of the ethereal shimmering lights. It, yeah, it, like it felt very otherworldly at that moment, even though it's you know within yeah. basically four walls. No, yeah, that so was. I, I love the visuals of that. Uh, the rave that's basically going on has that like it's a kind of otherworldly, ghostly kind of vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Anytime there's a scene like that in a movie, I struggle to see and focus on anything. And I know that's a little bit by design, uh, but well, I'm John like Wick, I'm always like, what is going? Mm-hmm. John, John Wick too had a lot of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Comes to mind for right, sure. For, yeah, and it's maybe one other thing uh, that I wanted to mention beforehand. Um, we're talking about it. The way Henry Cavill uh, kind of fights in in that bathroom scene looked like all right. He studied how would I actually do this? How would I actually, you know, take mm-hmm. down this guy? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it reminded me a little bit of how John Wick or uh, Keanu Reeves prepared for the John Wick movies. And you know, even the way he goes around corners, the way he will hand to hand combat with with uh, other enemies in, in the movie, and then even down to how he shoots and reloads his gun. Mm-hmm. It's very very specific how he does it, and I thought that there were shades of that with what yeah. henry did he had a very it was like this hulking boxer and he would put all of his weight into all these these little hooks and everything he's huge uppercuts he's, yeah and <laughs> he's the a way big man and the way uh the the trailer the way that whole uh bathroom scene was cut together i envisioned it being like six people all in a all fighting together and everything but it was just it was it was ethan it was uh walker and the one guy who was just extremely formidable so that there was just so much happening in that trailer i thought there were going to be more people involved in that fight i liked seeing them not immediately take somebody down like yeah. there was yeah. actually a challenge for both of them that was interesting cuz yeah. then you start thinking all right how, how are they going to win right? right and also they had two very different styles for how to take somebody down mm-hmm. and totally. i think that was part of the problem was that they couldn't really work together um yeah. so you're seeing like both of those styles fail <laughs> but at the same time ethan and elsa they work very well together <laughs> <laughs> mm. uh, set this team ilsa clearly yeah uh yeah so yeah but 
yeah, it's it's always tough. That, you know, the, the modern Mission Impossible movies are just littered with memorable sequences. But I, I also think there's a lot of great character moments uh, that stand out and to choose from as well. You know, the moment between Ethan and Julia at the end, and um, oh, the um, in the in the the last sequence between you know, while while the whole helicopter uh, chase is going on, there's the the scene with uh, Ilsa, Solomon, and Benji where it seemed like Benji could have actually died. Like it was very, you know, it, it, uh, it was like you were saying, it was, it was kind of like, it made you think for a second that maybe Benji was going to, they already killed somebody else off. Yeah. Yeah, It gets very dire there. Yeah. Just the setting too. It's very dark, very dingy in that, that room or like in Solomon and Solomon's just like, he just comes at you and he, there's not a lot of like, theatrics to his no. fighting he just takes people down yeah. and uh yeah so it was a real uh, down and dirty fight and oh man it's just yeah top to bottom it's just the movie's stacked i don't know i, I think that's when a movie does a good job is when you don't know if someone's going to make it out of a fight for example or, mm-hmm. or you don't know what the outcome is and it doesn't always have to be surprising but when you're on the ropes a little bit in the audience as a fan you're like i don't know if that guy's gonna make it through this fight yeah the that's, stakes are so high yes yeah. that's big because mm. if you go into it thinking oh he's gonna win like of course mm. he's gonna win but yeah. it's not as important it doesn't hold as much emotional weight for me yes yeah so i thought they did a good job towing that line a little bit in this mm. which is not easy to do for a, a movies with such the of this style i guess mm. um speaking of spy thrillers i want another get smart movie with steve carell oh yeah ever, oh yeah yeah i, I saw get smart I like it's that a smart. fun, yeah. stupid comedy movie. I, yeah. you know, I love Steve Carell. Speaking of The Rock, I loved him and Anne Hathaway in that. I thought they were great together. Yeah, The Rock and Alan Arkin. Great yeah. cast. I'm going to have to watch that soon. Yeah. So. I'm in a Steve Carell uh, mood because <laughs> the other day Seth was gone, and I was like, what can I watch that I've like always been curious about? And I watched The 40-Year-Old Virgin. Yes, I was just going to yeah. say. And I was like, oh my gosh, there were like so many <laughs> actors that are now famous or, you know, mm. big names and stuff. So. Hey, Ant-Man's in that. Yeah. I love hey! <laughs> 40-Year-Old Virgin. I, I did Green not Hornet. appreciate it for the longest time. And like recently, just the last few years, for some reason, it became more of a, a, a favorite for my yeah. uh, tastes. But... It, the one moment early, early in the movie, when um, Steve Carell's character is back at the store and he's talking to the older gentleman, and he's like, "How old are you? Twenty six, twenty seven? And he goes, 40. The way he turns and goes, "Holy shit!" is the funniest <laughs> thing in the world to me. Those subtle little things. So Lauren and I say it to each other all the time. Be like, Lauren will be like, "What are we getting for dinner?" I'll be like, "Pizza." She'll be like, "Holy shit!" Just like it's just out of nowhere. It's I don't know. Those subtle things I appreciate with comedy very much. <laughs> um, the rest of the year. So we kind of got a front-loaded early, or I guess a front-loaded seven months here in terms yeah. of movies that we yeah. would typically see. Usually at this point, we get a little bit of a break. We get maybe one or two movies September, October, and then we gear up for Star Wars in December. Yeah. You name whatever in November. We in not so much this year. Yeah, there's there, a few big ones. There's but some stuff. It, but it was front loaded as we'll we'll right. have Aquaman. We'll mm-hmm. have the, there's Bumblebee. There's a Spider-Man into the Spider Verse. Yes, which are not like huge huge releases, but um, Aquaman is a big one. But it's not. I don't know. It, it's it's funny. It's weird after a few years of having such packed Novembers and De- Decembers. Yeah. Because even last year we had 
Thor, Justice League, and Star Wars all in a matter of a month there between yeah. November and December. Yeah. Um, but we had, yeah, this year we had Black Panther, Ready Player One, Avengers. Avengers, um, Deadpool, Solo, Solo, and Jurassic World all came out within right. five, six weeks. Deadpool. Yeah. Yeah, it was um, crazy. Yeah. Now so, Mission Impossible just a couple weeks after that. Yeah. And then we got Ant-Man right. even in there. So it's it's been mm. a little bit crazy, and now it's it's going to die down a little for bit, sure. unless you're really excited for Christopher Robin, well, or, or um, Alita Battle Angel. I mean, I'm excited for I Predator, do. but I do, I'm cautiously optimistic about that at best. Mm. I don't know what to make of Venom yet. Still, oh, Venom, I'm very, I, I'm very interested though, in. It's it, I it, love the character. Love way, Tom Hardy. Yeah. I'm just not 100 percent sure what that movie's going to be like. I'm a, um, yeah, I'm I'm very I I like a lot of the stuff I've seen in the trailers. Wreck It so Ralph Two will be fun. Yeah, just like yeah. the original Fantastic oh. Beast Two should be a that that'll make a lot of money. That'll be a big one. What yeah. do you think about the Halloween remake? Oh, no, not yeah, forget that. I do. No, well, no, I, no, I, no, 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 no. Are you a fan of the, the old Cut school Halloween stuff? Oh or? God, yes. Yeah. The original is still one of the best horror movies of all time. Yes, um, it is, and it's uh, it's significant to the genre. But uh, yeah, I've, I have you seen like the the trailer for the new one or anything? Yeah. You're just not doing it for you. No, I think it's gonna be, it's gonna follow the same principles of like the Rob Zombie ones, which got away from the. It's just gonna be a lot of gore, a lot of uh, viscera on screen, mm. and it forgets what made the original so chilling in the first place. Mm. It wasn't about the gore; it was about the tension, and it was about just the way it was shot with, um, you know, just the genuine terror of this guy stalking you mm. not so much you know limbs getting hacked off mm. people getting chopped up well we well then see. i shouldn't have brought it up um <laughs> one movie i'm very excited for which is a little bit under the radar for what we kind of usually cover even though we do cover all movies mm. uh bohemian rhapsody yes. oh no totally yeah yes. i think yes, that yes. looks wonderful yeah yes we're and, really excited for and that. then i'll add one more to that which is something we also don't cover quite as much but cree 2 i think has potential. and i've got yes. it on our list okay perfect yep uh, but yes, that'll be another one. That, so that comes out the night before he Thanksgiving. He better avenge Apollo, man. He better avenge Apollo. <laughs> don't, don't say. We, we're still get watching an Oscar through. Nomination. He we're still get watching an through Oscar the Rocky movies. Right, so don't. Uh, yes, yes. What took you guys so long? Well, we we saw the first two years ago. Look, just because you don't. And then we broke. Too and then we then. broke up for a while. And we then broke we broke up like days after watching one of those movies, Rocky so Two. Really and two. then you were friends with somebody else who like had broken up. Had a breakup right after watching Rocky well, Two. Well, it's like in Rocky Three when he loses the title and then he's got to work his way back. Okay, stop was... saying stuff about the sequel. We haven't watched it yet. <laughs> oh my gosh, Pavlik. Well, if it makes you feel better, I've seen exactly zero. Yeah, Rocky. Well, cut, get the well, mic. Some, some, oh. <laughs> get the scissors. Some of us are beyond help, obviously. You know, you no, know, I'm looking right back at you for that one. You know what I'm looking forward to? Bad Times at the El Royale. Have you seen the trailer for that? No. Oh, that looks so cool. <laughs> Chris Hemsworth yeah. is in that. All right. It's some weird, like... Well, uh, sign me up. Uh, like, all these cr- crazy characters in this... In this Did you say uh, Bad Times t- or Fast Times? B- bad Times at the <laughs> El Royale, <laughs> you fiend. It's hard to describe, yeah. Like, all these... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah, I wasn't getting... All these... I, yeah. <laughs> great, check, check out the trailer. Great description. <laughs> check yeah, out the I trailer. Know everything about the movie after Put that. Put a link in the wow. show notes well, or well, something. Well, so did I. Uh, another. So I'm not super in, into the seeing this movie, but I know my wife Lauren will be the Nutcracker in the Four Realms. Oh yeah, um, that that made our our top ten anticipated movies for 2018 somehow. So I hadn't even heard of that movie up until that point. It but got two really high cool. votes. 
Like, it, like so yeah. people who had, like, tens, yeah. like, listed full ten movies, it was, like, one or two, and I'm like, oh. son of a... I gotta does, revamp it, the system, it's broken. It does broken. look interesting, but... Uh, yeah, it, it'll be... It, I don't know. No. I don't know what to expect. No. Uh, Nope, nope, Not nope. for me, uh, but also definitely again under the radar. Doctor Seuss that that looks so. How the Grinch stole Christmas with Benedict oh, Cumberbatch. Yes. What was that one? Um, you and I were seeing a movie together, Emily, and um, there was a, oh, I, does Mary Poppins come out this year? It does okay. right before Christmas because we were. I rem- we went to see Solo, and there was this group of guys uh, like behind us. And they're you know chatting a little bit during the trailers and stuff. When Mary Poppins came on, they were like like oh oh <laughs> they were like oh what's this? Oh. <laughs> they were like so offended, but I don't know why. This they is just, offensive. They're intolerant to I don't know certain things. That's really <laughs> funny and random. I don't know why they're yeah. I don't know. They were down. We on just it. saw a trailer yesterday. Speaking of remakes, um, Dumbo. Did oh yeah, I saw the trailer for Tim that. Burton's Dumbo. Yeah, that's interesting. It's a solid trailer. So. It looks interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The tone seems like better than I thought it would be, but mm. I don't. Tim Burton scares me. Yeah. Not like I'm <laughs> like scared of him, but like some of his movies, you I'm say, not a fan of. So Danny DeVito apparently is in that, and he's like, like I think he might be like the circus ringleader in that oh movie. Oh my gosh! And he played a similar role in Big Fish, and then he was the. Uh, the penguin in Batman Returns. So I, th- I think I saw, I, I saw like a a meme of like uh, Danny DeVito's agent telling Danny <laughs> DeVito like, "Oh, Tim Burton's on the phone," and he's like, oh, "I'll get my top hat." <laughs> <laughs> I saw that too. <laughs> <laughs> that, was <good. laughs> that was a good one. Oh, I saw that maybe a few weeks ago, and I just, that was that was very good. Yeah. All right. So like we kind of mentioned here, not not a. A, a huge palette for the rest of the year here, but uh, Aquaman is is it for me in terms of most anticipated. Uh, also, I didn't think uh, that that visually looked that bad. Like Pete, so for what it's worth, it, listeners at home, Pete the Grumpy Geek really is not into the visual looks of that. Mm. I don't, he's not into the looks of anything when it comes to because he's he, he was like, a designer. He doesn't like but color and joy. No, <laughs> he likes <laughs> black and white and yeah. things. But I I thought it looked fine yep. i didn't I, think it looked really that i understand some of the criticism about it looking a little, a little Thank cgi you. and everything <laughs> i mean <laughs> it's early renderings that don't it, it look better in the in the, in the, the actual of, release i agree with you some of yeah. it was meh but like he, it, it was I mean, like the designs and everything people. were great the, the the editing of the trailer itself bugged me more than anything about that it was too fast paced and like big trailer-y it, it was it was I, I didn't really dig the tone of the trailer but i'm interested in yeah the movie itself the movie the, yeah. the actual design of it and the, the creativity of james wan yeah james uh, wan will knock it out of the park i guess is really I like jason momoa's aquaman i think it's funny yeah. it's kind of like a i don't know a it's, fabio of the sea it's weird. <laughs> yeah like he's different he's almost like a redneck version of aquaman yeah. a little bit like right yeah. on guys like, that is yeah. not where i would have gone with that but well, well you would have like been wrong surfer, yeah like a, I, I, like a badass surfer guy <laughs> but um i think the the movies this year i'm most looking forward to are probably uh actually bumblebee i think could be really good and uh it's amazing how much that character really is me b playing rick astley b. are you kidding me Beef. No we one contacted me about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. And uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah, I'm excited I mean, those about are that. Probably That's all December. <laughs> it is. Th- those are coming that, out like a week apart. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, I guess that gives us a little bit of a break and we can jam pack. And the thing is with video games even, 
just about every major release. I mean, there are a few spread out, like Smash Brothers is December, mm-hmm. but like they've clumped them September. together more than normal in September and October. Usually November gets a few. But there's, uh, there's it's Spider-Man, bad. there's Mega Man, there's Spyro, there's... What else is there? Okay. Well, I just filled in what, the calendar the other while, day. While he's looking it up, what are movies of the year are you most looking forward to? That, yeah, see? <laughs> She's just making a very panicked face and shaking her head. I need a list. <laughs> a very panicked face. I just go wherever Seth brings me, whatever I see on the movie. Look through out. these. Scroll through them. Some of them are already released. I go wherever Seth brings Nobody me Nobody wants well. to see The Meg with Jason Statham and Dwight. No. You know, it's funny. We have a we have a friend named Meg. <laughs> it's Rain Wilson, that. but yeah, it's... I know. I know. We have a friend named named Meg, and she hates sharks. And I told her, well, like, that is just there's a movie perfect. called The Meg about a giant shark, and she thought I was making it up or something. So video game release-wise, I mean, these are just a f- some of the releases, but even August, which is... Yeah. Th- so August 7th is the first one for me. Overcooked 2. That's oh, a freaking Overcooked blast. Overcooked yeah. um, We Happy Few. Oh, uh, yep. The yep. final season of Telltale's Walking Dead kicks mm. off, all in a matter of a week. Um... Like you said, Seth, in September, we've got Spider-Man, finally. We've got Spyro. Mm -hmm. For me, in the middle sandwiched between those two is NHL 19, Shadow of the Tomb Raider on the same day. Oh, yeah. We've also got a big Destiny expansion coming. We've got uh, a new season of Life is Strange kicking off, FIFA for our soccer fans, Uh, Mega Man 11, Forza Mm. Horizon. We've got a new Assassin's Creed. Oh, Odyssey, yeah. Yep. Uh, Starlink is in October. Call of Duty oh, again, of course. Man. Earlier than normal, uh, we've got a new Battlefield a week later. Red Dead a week after that. Oh, that's um, over. Yeah, smokes. September and October. Overkills I... The Walking Dead, uh, which is the first week of November. Now that was not originally on my radar, but we played it at E3, and it is totally a spiritual successor to Left um, Left for Dead. It plays really nice. I'm mm. very impressed by I it. I don't think I realized what September and October had in store. Video no. Game-wise. Yeah. And November has also got a week after uh, Walking Dead, Fallout 76, and Hitman, a new season of that. Uh, so, and then Darksiders at the end of the month, and then Just Cause to start uh, December alongside Smash Brothers. So we've got uh, a busy fall there. Goodness. So a lot going on. I did think of one movie, Yep. but it's already out. Um, <laughs> That's okay. It's our... It's oh. our it's Next on our list oh, is I Sorry know. to Bother You. Have oh. you seen trailers for that? Um, Maybe. That has, um, it's got Tessa Thompson, Terry Crews. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The actor, I don't remember his name. He was in, uh, he had a supporting role in Get Out. Uh, Army Hammer, isn't it? I don't recall. But uh, it looks like an incredible, uh, kind uh, of like, odd. like absurd um, kind of satire. Uh, uh, yeah, it looks it looks pr- pretty great. I I'm, it's great. I'm just interested in things that are like quirky and weird and unexpected. So yeah, gotta love it. Yeah. Well, well that's next for us. Speaking of Terry Crews, I have become obsessed with Brooklyn Nine Nine. Oh, you have! <laughs> Yay! Yay! You didn't watch it before. I did not watch it until it got oh. canceled and then them uh, brought back, and that's what it took for me to get into it. But oh, we love Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah. Like, uh, <sighs> I don't know if I'm just caught up in the moment, but like it has me questioning. Where it ranks against The Office. Whoa! Just questioning. Holy! I'm, I'm just thinking about it. I'm just thinking about it. It's that good to me. Just above Office, just below Frasier, right? 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 All right. Okay. This thick okay. guy over here well, does appreciate culture. Lauren, <laughs> dump his Zima, please. <laughs> well, <laughs> no. Wrap it, well, wrap it up. <sighs> okay, I'll drink, a, like I'll drink a sherry with the Frasier. Office. Is like such a small little ecosystem, and it's like delves into like 
weird like how weird people are mm-hmm. um and it's so small and brooklyn 99 is like more diverse kind of bigger mm-hmm. but i feel like ugh, the episode like the office episodes are just so it, cleverly I, written i can't ever s- put I'm anything with above it to say it's in the conversation i think is but, enough for me I, I i don't think it'll be as classic like there's certain moments like terry cruz um when he went to the shooting range in the episode with the captain yeah he i i lost it he goes I forgot how to breathe. <laughs> he goes, is it two in one out? And he goes, <laughs> <laughs> and I, his face is so funny to me. And I, I just, I love it. And, and what's funny to me is Sandberg is not necessarily one of the stronger characters, but as the show has gone on, I'm in like season three now. Oh. I, I don't binge shows. I just don't. Yeah. But this one, I can't get enough of. Nice. Um, it's clear he kind of is like the glue that holds that show together. Mm. And like Rosa's my favorite character. Oh yeah. I think she's, hilarious yeah and in some ways kind of like lauren (laughs) 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 just you know always a little bit mad have you been introduced to cheddar yet no oh that's uh it's holt never mind i'll I'll let you see once be a surprise we love cheddar i'll just say that sounds good well (laughs) i look look forward forward to to finding cheddar yeah (laughs) so yes brooklyn 99 is on uh my watch list currently but uh we'll we'll wrap things up here Thank you so much for listening to our Mission Impossible Fallout 76 spoiler cast. Just kidding. What? That would blow my mind. What? Anyway, what? Uh, we love the movie. We want to hear what your thoughts are on it. Leave us some comments on our social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, Josh, our new social media coordinator, has been doing a fantastic job. Uh, so Josh kind of ironic. It's like full circle now. Josh recommended that I talk to Beta, Jeff Dugan. Yeah. When he started, he's like, hey. Oh, yeah. I work with a nerdy guy that would be great for you. That yeah. was the pitch. And yeah. alas, we had beta. Yeah. And then um, <laughs> he led to you. Right. Yeah, he did because I worked next to him. And sure enough, here we are full circle again. And Josh was like, I want in now. So here we are. Nice. Now he's doing a wonderful job. Yeah. Um, so we'll go around the room here real quick. What's, uh, what's going on in the world of geek for you? And uh, where can we find you uh, on Twitter? We'll go with Mr. Pavlak. I have a book signing coming up. A book signing? Yes. Um, August 11th is a Saturday. I'm going to be down in the Jamestown area at Off the Beaten Path Bookstore. I will be there that day from 11 until 2 p.m. signing copies of The Echoes of Light, which is book one in my high fantasy trilogy, The Legend of Light. Fans of Legend of Zelda, Earthsea, Shannara, Chronicles of Narnia, uh, anybody who loves magic, young heroes working their way through the world and monsters, I think this is something you'd enjoy. So that is August 11th, a Saturday at Off the Bean Path Bookstore, 28 Chautauqua Avenue, Lakewood, New York. As the book cover on the back says, it's Nintendo meets Tolkien, verbatim. Yeah, pretty much. No, I'm just kidding. It doesn't say that. <laughs> yeah, but pretty much. I thought Pavlik was going to give me one of those. What the hell are you talking about, looks? Yeah, I've said too many. I've given you too many of those. That's very years. true. We got to rack them up. So that's very exciting. The book's selling mm. very well. It is. It's doing fairly well. Books Good. are moving. Yep. Merchandise is hot. So I forgot. I need you. I need you to sign. My copy. I didn't sign yours. No, I, I apologize. Spaced out. We were. It was the last day in Nickel City. That's true. We were all yeah. kind of yeah gone by that point. Yeah, super exciting. Can people get this online? Do we do we cover that? Yes, it is on Amazon in paperback and on Kindle as well. All yeah. Kindle devices. Gotta love all it. Right. So August is you know just upon us here. If you're going to the beach, you can take it yeah. there. It's perfect. Why not? Yeah. Wherever you go, wherever you travel. Yeah. Good stuff. Become a child of beach and bring child of light to your beach (laughs) vacation today. Child of beach. We're going to write a parody book called Child of Beach. (laughs) Now, you and I, Seth and Joe, back together. All right. (laughs) Uh, 
Emily, you're on Twitter. Uh, yeah, I think I'm Emily Z Buffalo. <laughs> not super but active. Let's hope she's <laughs> Emily Z Buffalo. <laughs> so if not, you'll find someone named Emily Z Buffalo, probably. <laughs> but uh, yes, uh, so Emily's uh, written for us in the past um, and obviously appeared on a few. Whoa, is this coming out here? Okay, no, we're good. That would have been really bad. <laughs> the mixer came out there. Yeah. Uh, Seth Kampamerikansky. Yeah. I'm. You've uh, got a lot of Mission Impossible coverage. Uh, yeah, so um, very shortly, there's going to be uh, at least a couple articles going up. We'll, uh, I'll be uh, posting a review of this movie that we've been discussing. As you can imagine, it'll be a pretty well-rated review. And uh, also, we'll be doing the weekly ranked article. I'll be yes. ranking uh, my, my personal uh, favorite top, top 10 moments, scenes from the Mission Impossible series. Not sure if that'll include Fallout or not. Uh, it might just be from the first five movies. But uh, a lot to choose from. Almost all of them are from Ghost Protocol and Rogue Nation. But there's there's a few from the earlier ones sprinkled in there. I tried to include one one from uh, two. I don't think it made the cut, though. I just couldn't, <laughs> <laughs> just couldn't get it there. there. There were one or two neat, cool scenes in that movie. but no. If only ranked were 15 instead of yeah, 10. If only. Lou... Ooh, expand it low. Don't make the rules here. Where are you at, Josiah? So I'm at Josiah D. Leroy on Twitter. You find me grumbling about uh, the Buffalo Sabres mm-hmm. or Star Wars or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, for my coverage at thegeekiverse.com, uh, in terms of written coverage, still writing game previews from E3, I'm about halfway through, so I've made good progress. Oh. Not really. But uh, oh. my Overcooked 2 preview will be coming in the next week or so. Adam and I had an absolute blast at that. He yelled at me way too much and really hurt my feelings, but um, <laughs> it's okay because I bested him later. So uh, check that out at thegeekiverse.com as well. Uh, for our August podcast content, I will be stepping aside from walking carpet. I will have my hands full with something, and um, we'll have a guest host for that. Robbie Palmer from uh, the Nerdy Nomicon will be hosting that show for me. Very excited about that. I appeared on their show. You can search them on Google Nerdy Nomicon uh, to talk about Kelly Marie Tran and The Last Jedi. I did that just a few weeks ago. Um, in terms of the websites, as we always say, it's important uh, to go to patreon.com slash thegeekiverse. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash thegeekiverse. Uh, Pavlik, what does it help us do if people subscribe to us there? Well, usually I'm the one who asks you that. So this no, is, I'm asking it today. Okay. Helps us keep the lights on. Well, good thing, because we don't like a dark house. No, so hell no. Keep the lights on. That's always good. Uh, you can subscribe for as little as a dollar a month. goes a long way for us. You get early access to a bunch of things, uh, one of which is our brand new vlog. You can skip every other week, because Pete has it every other week, and it's not as exciting. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Adam has a drone and he did a really really nice uh, shot of Pete like going up almost like when they scream Khan in Star Trek <laughs> so like I can't wait to utilize that more but uh, anyway my episode is coming up tomorrow and uh, we dedicated it to meeting Josh Strait our social media coordinator uh, it's really stupid it's really goofy you might ask for your money back when it's done but <laughs> if you don't we appreciate it so that's always good uh, one last thing we also want to mention again is fantastic uh, visit them at 26shirts.com be sure to use our code geek10 that's g-e-e-k-t-e-n we'd appreciate that you get 10% off your purchase for your geek themed shirt and it goes a long way in helping uh, a family uh, not just necessarily in western New York but also charities uh, in the surrounding areas <sighs> I think that's everything well done thank you thank <laughs> you so 
For Seth, for Emily, for Pavlok, I'm Josiah. Thank you so much for spending the last hour and 15 minutes with us. We'll catch you soon. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Take what's ours, carve our name up in the stars We've been at this so very long But I don't think we're wrong When you finally find that thing It keeps you up at night It's worth the fight You want it all with all your might We've been at this so very long For you to say we're wrong Find our place And in a flash of planets class We arise right from the ash